Hi, everyone. This is Dan Sullivan, and this is our next episode of Exponential Wisdom with the person who knows half the world that I don't know, Peter Diamandis in the technology. And I'm probably a philosopher um, on many things, but I try to take a look at what are the philosophical implications. And Peter's looking for the exponential growth of technologies. And it's a nice mixture, and it's kept us going now for number of years, uh, yeah. both as our podcast, but also our collaboration on Abundance 360, which probably the topic that we're bringing up here is going to touch on. And Peter, I have profited enormously from the two longevity trips, and I have a goal of getting 20 strategic coach clients to attend the Thank you. East Coast trip, either in August or September. One of my doctors who I go to as my quarterback doctor is all eager to join us. So he is welcome. We cap it out and it'll fill quickly. It's gonna be a great one. And you know, this year at Abundance 360, I've got not two, but eight rock star speakers in the longevity biotech world. It's definitely, you know, out of all of the areas growing. We added an extra day to Abundance 360 this year. It's gone from three days to four days to accommodate the additional content in longevity and AI. But, you know, you and I both, when we met each other, found we had many things in common. One of them... The biggest one is we had no plans to die. Yes, exactly. The biggest one is our our desire to have a future constantly bigger. We weren't getting ready for death. No. And it's interesting, right? Have you met a lot of people that way? Because I haven't. I mean, they become converts once I talk them through it. But a lot of people, they're influenced by their social. I think the five closest people to you are their attitudes towards health and fitness and life are really determined socially. They are. Well, what happens, of course, is we have all of these structures around us from everything from the funeral homes to religion to social security to CNN that's constantly reminding us of the impending doom of our lives. And we have nothing that is training us. Or of the species. Or of the species. You know, I remind people, listen, our brains are neural nets. Our brains are basically layers of neurons that are shaped by what you see, what you hear, what you feel, what you interact with. And we can train our brains to live longer or to die. You know, what's on your walls? Who are you hanging out with, right? You're the average of the five people you spend time with. If the people you're spending time with are like, longevity is amazing. We're going to do this and so forth. You're going to be focused on it. If they're like, oh, you're nuts. You're going to be dead before I am. I mean, like that's just not the kind of learning you want going into your brain. Mm -hmm. So what are you reading? What are you learning? You know, I shared this with you. I created this. What are you doing? And what are you doing? But you're doing it because you believe in a healthier, longer life. If you believe you're going to be dead, you would like eat all the pizza and ice cream and watch Netflix all day. If you believe you have a chance of adding 20, 30, 50, 100 years to your life, you're going to do what it takes to get there, Yeah, I think. Well, it's going to change your behavior today, which is really the ultimate thing. Yeah, so I've profited and I've reflected this on previous podcasts and I've certainly shared it with our two and a half thousand entrepreneurs in Strategic Coach. Both of us came to this independently. We were both independently (laughs) on this trip before we met. But it was one of the immediate big areas of common ground when we 
got together, you know, in 2011 and just talked about this. And the thing is that 20 years before that, it was reasonable to expect that you were going to die when the actuarial tables said you were going to die because the science and technology was not there to support a longevity goal. Exactly. Again, the numbers, people should know them. As we were cavemen 100,000 years ago, the average human lifespan was late 20s. You'd go into puberty at age 12 or 13. By the time you were 26, 27, 28, you were a grandparent. And then when food was scarce back then, the last thing you wanted to do to perpetuate the species was take food out of your grandchildren's mouth. So you would die, get back your bits in the environment. Mm -hmm. 100 years ago, average lifespan was like 40 I was just listening to the Moody Blues song, 22,000 Days. I don't know if you remember that. It's like 22,000 days, 22,000 nights, you know, make a good use of them. And that song came out in like 1970 or thereabouts. And when I looked up what was 22,000 days is when you do the, the math is like the early 60s. And that's what the average life expectancy was back then. Mm -hmm. And now we've bumped it up on the average to 78 going to 80, but that's on the average. People who take care of themselves and so forth can expect you know, an additional 10, 15, 20 years. Now the question is, what's gonna happen over the next 10, 15, 20 years that's gonna buy you the next 10, 15, 20 years? And that's where it gets exciting. Uh, you know, One of my speakers this year at A360, Dan, is a guy named Jack Hittery. Uh, Jack is brilliant beyond belief. He is the CEO of a company called Sandbox AQ, just spun out of Google. Eric Schmidt, the past chairman, CEO of Google and Alphabet, is the chairman. Jack's one of the smartest people I know. And it's a quantum technology, quantum computing company. And do you know where they're going to be focusing their technology of quantum first? Yeah, regenerative medicine. It's going to be health. It's going to be age reversal. age reversal, all of these things, right? And so, um, you know, what people don't realize is we're still in the early innings of this massive increase in the application of AI and soon quantum technologies and molecular, you know, everything from CRISPR to gene therapies. Just early, we're beginning to understand why we age, how to slow it down, how to stop it, and I think hopefully how to reverse it. Well, a hundred years ago, I was reading the history of the Spanish flu epidemic. Yeah. My mother was in it, and she and her family were quarantined in their home for three months in 1919. It killed 50 million people. And part of understanding that is that in Europe, the world had been basically destroyed by the war. And uh -huh. so civic supports and sanitation and everything else had gone downhill. But the big thing was, it wasn't until the 1920s, after the First World War and the Spanish flu epidemic, that doctors who went to medical school were required to actually examine a human body. And wash their hands. And wash their hands <laughs> between operations. Yes. Now, and it was actually Crazy. battlefield nurses who forced the issue. It was actually nurses. He says, you know, we think that they're dying of disease that are being spread by the doctors <laughs> and everything like that. So it's 100 years since we had that. I was born in 44, and I think that, well, it was unusual because you had had a very, very murderous event go on for the last six or seven years. 
but the average lifespan then was around 46 in the U.S. Yeah. Actually, it really tells you why Social Security was a Ponzi scheme, because in 1936, when it was passed, there was no Social Security in the United States until 36. And at the 60th year anniversary of Social Security, they added up the average payouts per person for 60 years, and it was 29 months. Interesting. And that was after 65, so 29 months after 65. But very few people lived to 65, you know. So it was a Ponzi scheme. The government got a lot of money, and, uh, you know, you didn't have to pay out. (laughs) They're about to lose big time. That's a Ponzi scheme. Penicillin was huge when penicillin came in. And then just basic hygiene. Exactly. It was sanitation and antibiotics were the two major transformations. And we've also begun to learn, you know, that the basics do count, you know, getting out eight hours of sleep, minimizing sugar, getting exercise, building muscle mass. Mindset is a big one that you and I talk a lot about. Like, and I love your phraseology, Dan, I credit you for this. It's having your future be bigger than your past. Mm -hmm. Because if you've got nothing to live for, one of my next books is called Mindsets and Moonshots. And it looks at different mindsets and a purpose-driven mindset, an abundant, an exponential, a moonshot, and a longevity mindset. And talk about the fact that you can will yourself to live mm-hmm. and you can will yourself to die. And it's a real thing. Yeah. I've done a great takeaway, one great takeaway from each of the two trips. The platinum longevity trips, yeah. The platinum longevity trips. The first one, the first year, was the inside tracker, quarterly tracker, where they just give you, based on 43 markers from blood tests, you're chronologically this and you're biologically this. And I've gained a year, I've gone from 10 years to 11 years difference between biological and the first year. But I think next year it'll be bigger. It'll be November of next year will be year two. Two things, the inside tracker. And the other thing is that I created the Lifetime Extender Program as an optional Mm -hmm. program. You're a member and a great contributor to that. And I would say that just anecdotally, we haven't done the actual survey where people indicate, but I would say that just people being in four workshops so far, that they have extended their entrepreneurial careers by an extra 10 to 15 years. That's very, very important. And I tell entrepreneurs, I said, You know, your entrepreneurial career keeps you alive in the way that people who don't have that vehicle. Yes. First of all, applause keeps you alive, okay? A what keeps you? Applause. Applause. Yeah, yeah. I said, the moment you stop your entrepreneurial career, the applause stops. (laughs) You get applauded by customers. You get applauded by other entrepreneurs. You get applauded for your things. And I said, the other thing is the balance of fear and excitement because of new challenges keeps you alive. You know, it keeps you alive. Yes. The other thing is teamwork keeps you alive. Creating value keeps you alive. There's all these entrepreneurial activities that you, you know, you're 30 years into it, you're 40 years, and you don't give it any thought, but this keeps you alive. And I've seen people go downhill really, really fast. After retirement. They were at the top of their game. They worked till 60, 61, and they quit. And they aged 20 years in Five years. Yeah, I agree. You know, if you Google the correlation between retirement and death, it's very high in men. 
it's much lower in women because women have other purposes besides their work. Well, they have other networks. Yeah. Men generally yeah. have work-related networks. Yeah. I remember meeting this billionaire. I was pitching him to support the X Prize, and he had retired. And he's like, you know, I have difficulty doing two things in the same day, like going shopping, you know, and going to a haircut. And it's like, oh my God, please shoot me if that ever happens to me. But, you know, I am in better shape feeling sharper, more productive than I've ever been in my life. And it's like the trajectory feels like this. I'll tell you, Dan, one of the things that I'm beginning to realize that I want to share in this conversation is one of the biggest challenges to longevity besides retirement and besides bad diet or lack of exercise is accidents, injuring yourself, right? And so you injure yourself, you sprain your ankle badly, you rip a tendon, you injure your back, and then you're in bed rest. And then that recovery is a challenge. So I, I think one of the things I have to add to my list of what not to do and what to do for longevity is do your best to be accident-free. Yeah. Any thoughts on that? Yeah. This is where balance and coordination come in because a lot of yes. rapid downhill comes when people break a joint. A hip or or pelvis, yeah. You know, but or, hips, hips yeah. are the worst. Because, yeah. Or it's a back injury. Back injuries yes. affect every part of the body. So this brings up another huge takeaway was osteostron, which we met the yes. uh, founders at the West Coast trip last August. And we immediately went back and there's just one in Toronto. So it's a franchise organization. Yeah. But I've shown everybody the map and I said, you know, I hope you're living near, I think Los Angeles has a ton of them, the Los Angeles. Yeah, as soon as we're done this conversation, I'm heading over to my weekly Austria Strong appointment. How far away is it? It's 12, 13 minutes away. And I'll, I'll listen to my audiobook as I go back and forth and make phone calls and so forth. Interestingly enough, right, I'll just mention this in passing, you know, maintaining muscle mass and bone density is a really important part. And both of those things go away as we age. Osteoporosis and osteopenia is the loss of bone and the loss of muscle. And OsteoStrong is about maintaining both of those situations. And it's it's not intuitively obvious because when you go to your OsteoStrong appointment, how long would you say your appointment is for the active portion of it? Well, I can tell you because they have the clinic where we are and they can add other features to the clinic. But just for the osteostrong machines? Well, if they take you right away and you do the vibration platform to get ready, they have you do a vibration platform just to get the muscles engaged. And then at most, you go through the two exercises at the maximum about a minute and a half. So yeah, I'm in and out within 10 minutes, Yeah, maybe 15 at the most. Yeah which is crazy good. So check out OsteoStrong. Can you give an insight into that? Because I'm a great buyer on trust. So I, yeah. I don't really understand what's happening there because first of all, the moment I came out of my first session, I said, wow, I just feel totally different. And then they give you a little fob that goes on your key ring yeah. and that's your record of all the previous <laughs> tests. So they come in, they say, I hope you brought your key ring with you because mm -hmm. you give it. And then they show you where you were last week. They showed you where you were from the beginning. And then you have a video that shows you- a progress curve, yeah. Yeah, and 
I've gone up in every one of them except upper back. So I'm starting to compensate by doing some more upper body bench presses and everything. But the three other machines, I've gone up significantly in all of them. I was at 1.4 with bone density because I've done a lot of weight work before that. Yes. So it's not for bone density. But mine is big balance and balance and coordination. So what I can share is, first of all, you're body will not bring on more muscle than your bone structure can support. And so increasing your bone density to increase the amount of muscle you can have on your frame is important. Your bones are very dynamic. You've got these things called osteoblasts that produce bone and osteoclasts that remove bone. And it's constantly remodeling itself. You know, if you're in bed rest, you lose bone density. If you're downhill skier on moguls, you're building it. And the signal that causes your bones to grow, what they've done at OsteoStrong is hacked it to say you need to get to at least five times your body weight of impact to do that. And so the machines leverage the angles of your arms and bones. And it's a single movement and it's very short. And, you know, uh, listen, I'm looking forward to, I'm a scientist, so I've done a DEXA scan for bone density before, and I'll do one afterwards, and I can measure my muscle mass and so forth. I have one of those scales that looks at amount of muscle on my frame. So I'm measuring everything I'm going through, and I'll see. And the other thing I use that I think you and Babs have is I use a catalyst suit, mm -hmm. which is fascinating. It's a outside suit that you put on your body, and it positions electro-stim pads on all your muscle groups. 26 muscle areas. And you have a program that shows you a person exercising and you emulate what the person's doing. And at the same time, the suit is stimulating the countervailing muscles so that you're stimulating your triceps or biceps in the right motions. It's a 20 minute exercise. I mean, mm -hmm. all of these time hacks are um, important. Yeah. And every time I do it, I feel it. I feel it, you know, two or three days later, much more than I do in a weight workout. And I go right. to Gold's Gym, which is not far from me in Santa Monica or Venice, actually. I go every week. So I, those are my three workouts, OsteoStrong, yeah. Catalyst, and a heavy weight workout. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we have uh, where you're using cold uh, muscles. Wow. Yeah. I do that once a week. I do Catalyst. I think people need to realize, listen, walking is great. And I think the stat I learned at the Abundance Longevity Platinum trip last time was something like 20 minutes of walking every day reduces all-cause mortality by 40%. It was some ridiculously big number. Oh, yeah. Just getting out and moving. So I did my 10,000 steps. Let's see what I'm up to. Yep. So far this morning, and I'll do the Osteo Strong. And, you know, I need to do those things every week. Oh, yeah. 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 And you have to do them. I mean, it's a daily, weekly thing. Yeah. The other thing is what I've discovered from our first year of the Lifetime Extender program is that the first thing, if there's anything wrong, the first thing you have to go after is your brain. Right. Because, I mean, it's the controlling mechanism for a lot of stuff is the brain. <laughs> so we tested, you know, and I had some weaknesses is this with Daniel Amen? No, this is with David Hasse at the Maxwell Clinic in Nashville. Okay. Okay. And they put you through that complete range of tests that they do at HLI 
you know, the, there's about 18 different tests and you do memory mm-hmm. concentration and then they test you on memory and then they'll come back to the same thing later in the exercise. You know, generally really good, but some real imbalances in my brain. And so there's this clinic in Toronto They don't put guck in your hair. I always hate that when they put guck in your hair. And just fits right on your... A cap of some type. Cap, and it's a sensor cap. And then they show you a movie of your choice. And the movie fades in and out, and the sound goes in and out. It's like 40 minutes. I did Lord of the Rings because it's an interesting story. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's six hours if you put the film together. So I'm going to be there. 15 sessions is the first weekly sessions. So they do the first one just to test, and they show you the tests, and uh, I've had four sessions since. The software that they're using is geared to the movie, so it can fade the movie in and take the sound down. You kind of are irritated by losing the picture, and so your brain rearranges itself. It's not anything I can do consciously, but your brain rearranges itself to get the film back up. And then you sort of master it at one level, and then they increase the difficulty like the third movie, third time I did it, it didn't fade at all. And she says, time to increase the difficulty. So the last time mm. I went through, it was almost like I was back at the beginning, but I was at a much higher level of difficulty. And your brain is balancing things off. And it's not to make you smarter, but it's that your brain is doing what you're engaged with. So if you're sleeping, your brain is sleeping. If you're concentrating, your brain is concentrating and it's not going off track. So I'm very interested in this because we have a very high incidence of ADD in... Like what? Huh? (laughs) Squirrel. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Peter. I've been putting off a discussion for 11 years, but I think it's time for us to have a heart-to-heart here. (laughs) Can you focus, Peter, please? (laughs) And the thing is that you're not being stimulated enough by the activity, and so your brain switches to something else. And what this does over time is that you know how to find anything stimulating when you're concentrating. The brain just naturally knows how to adjust so you don't have to switch channels or switch topics. But one of the things is my aura ring, since I've been doing it, I've been getting over 90% better sleep. Nice. You know, I'm up in the 90s now, and I was usually low 80s. Uh-huh. I do eight hours, eight and a half hours, so I'm good on the time in bed. But I've noticed the biggest thing is that I feel a lot more rested when I get up in the morning, and I think it's just the brain change. Mm, fascinating. Yeah. And plus, I'm doing, you know, I'm doing a lot of other things, so you, you don't really know. And I've really cut down on my cancer food. I've really cut down on the sugar. Yes. Sugar. I'm wearing a levels patch right now. Do you wear a continuous glucose monitor? No, no I don't. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting, right? Because when you're wearing it, I see where my blood glucose is here. You know, when you're wearing it, you know, there's no cheating. Does it go up if you even think about sugar? (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I ate something before this and, you know, it's gone up. You know, all through the night it was at like 85 milligrams per deciliter and now it's up at 127. Mm -hmm. Anyway, long story short, it does change your behavior when you're able to see what's going on. Yeah. 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 Now, here's the point. 
this medical revolution that we're going through, medical, or I call it the regenerative health, because mm-hmm. longevity is a lonely trip because everybody's on a different trip as far as longevity, but age reversal is a trip that everybody can be on together. You know, mm-hmm. And it's possible for anybody who's listening that you're serious about reversing your age. There are so many supports for you and breakthroughs for you right now that you can actually with any intentionality and systematic program right now. What's the latest statistics now for every year you can gain a year back? So we're at a quarter of a year being added to your life by science for every year that you're alive. Yeah. And the concept of longevity escape velocity, which we've probably talked about in past podcasts, but just reminder is that science is driving these breakthroughs and there's going to be a point at which science is extending your life for more than a year. Every year you live. For every year of yeah. life, right? So Yeah, which means yep. that you're actually getting younger. Ultimately, yes. Yeah. yeah, and that's my whole point. And we have a thing called Fitness 50 at age 100 in the program. And I said, you know, first of all, I said, I've seen some 100-year-olds and they're not at Fitness 50. You know, they don't have the fitness level. And we have three levels. We have fit, fitter, and fittest. You know, and it's a series of 11 exercises that yeah. will be at the center of your life. Now, I think osteostron is going to, I'm trying to cheat. You know, I always try to cheat, you know, that, yeah, I'll do the test, but I'm not going to do your exercise. I'm looking for bypasses, mm-hmm. you know, and nobody's going to begrudge me because everybody custom designs their progress to suit them. But my sense is improving bone density, improving muscle, the osteostron does cartilage and ligaments. Mm -hmm. It strengthens everything. So it's muscle skeletal. Musculoskeletal system, right. Yeah. But I wouldn't be doing all this stuff if I hadn't met you. And (laughs) thank you, buddy. Your future is much more precise now since you met me. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) My focus and my leverage of my time. The only problem is... Doing fewer hows, doing fewer hows. Yes, I'm just not doing free days. I'm allergic to free days for some strange reason, but that's a different conversation. You're going to have to bat me over the head with that. Let me ask this, because this is in relative terms, that in a year, if you look forward to 2023, at the end of that year, will you have taken more time, which could be free days if you have them as free days than you did in 2011. Yes. There's been an increase there. Yeah, because you go to Fiji. Yeah, and I have my 11-year-old boys. Yes, yes, exactly. So it becomes more family-focused than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. But you're consciously in your schedule, you're scheduling and you're taking the days off and, uh, you know. But there's also a point at which when you love what you do, you know, it's less work and more play. So I love writing, you know. Yeah. Yeah. First quarter, say, I've never taken a free day in my life. But I said, let's work for one in the next 90 days. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and they go cold turkey on that day. They say, you mean I can't do any work-related activity? I said, it's not a free day under our definition if you work on the mm-hmm. day. And they said, oh, God, you know, I don't know what I do with myself. There's a level of anxiety there. And I said, and you have not developed other areas of your life enough that you can be stimulated. And I said, so work on something. You know, work yeah. on something else. So I'm not dogmatic. I appreciate that. First of all, people are going to do what they're going to do anyway. So I could never be as hard on someone else as they are hard on themselves. So. For sure. 
No, we, we talked about exercise. We talked about diet, meaning, you know, minimizing sugar. We've talked about sleep. You know, the other thing which I think we alluded to, but I just want to state for the record, is mindset is critically important. And I think one of my goals through my work, my writing, my blogs, my Binance 360, and my books is giving people evidence that is compelling to train their neural nets that, in fact, technology is going to extend a healthy yeah. lifespan. Yeah. Because if you're seeing the evidence, if you're seeing the numbers, and then you start to believe it, then if you could have access to this, why would you not want to, right? Do you get my longevityinsider.org? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it's a pretty amazing. So I built an AI system called Futurescope, and it searches the world's news for breakthroughs in a particular area. And when I built one called longevityinsider.org, it's free. And every day I get, you know, sort of the top 10 breakthroughs in science and longevity. Because otherwise we're reading all the dystopian news all the time because that's what we're being fed. Yeah. I think probably of all industries, the people who are going to die youngest is the news media. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the drug dealers. The drug dealers. I think that probably if you were in a newsroom and you walked around, the next would be doctors. I tell people, if you're the same age as your doctor, you know you're probably going to outlive your doctor <laughs> because they're in disease management for the most part. They're not in healthcare. And that's the other big change that you're making with your fountain life approach. Yes. It's all about preventing the disease. It's all about getting knowledge about what's going inside. I just we learned of one of my friends who went to Fountain Life and saved his life because, you know, he's in his late forties and you just assume you're in great health. And he had a, a large size mass in his kidney that had to be removed and was successfully removed. Most people don't realize that two and a half percent of people have an aneurysm they don't know about, two percent of a cancer they don't know about. We all are optimists. And unless you actually look, you can't know. So like Mid-January, I go down to Naples for my Fountain Life appointment for full body. And I kind of hold my breath until I get my results back every year, right? But I know that whatever is going to happen to me, I'll catch it early. Yeah. I do a full body every quarter Yeah, at Maxwell. They included clear the last time. So they're clearly, doing, yeah. yeah. Clearly, they're doing the quarterly test now. And anyway... This is one journey that everybody is strictly on according to their ambition and motivation. What do you want? Do you want to end it after an 80-year ride or do you want to, you know, a few yeah. more decades? You know, one thing that I talk about in every one of my workshops is what we as a company are going to achieve when I'm 100 years old, which is 2044. And people say, you say that so matter-of-factly. <laughs> you say that so matter-of-factly. I says it's the saying that matter-of-factly that makes it possible. Yes. Yes, 100%. 100%. And they said, well, what if you don't believe it? And I say, say it as if you do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's programming the mind. Yeah. We have a goal, and it's now the IP value assets of our company of all the active clients in 2044 is $15 trillion, mm -hmm. which is good bookkeeping. You know, it's bigger than China, but it's good bookkeeping. <laughs> yeah. You probably have so much unidentified IP 
you'll be blown away because Keegan Caldwell, who is my collaborator on this, he's discovering like people have a hundred million dollars worth of IP that they just haven't properly legitimized with patents and everything like that. But you'll see that you're in free zone starting in January, I think, right? Yes, I am. And Keegan will be there. So you'll see it. Asset value of companies has gone from 80% tangible and 20% intangible to 20% tangible and 80% intangible in 40 years. And it's because intellectual property can transport itself instantly around the planet. Other kinds of property can't. Digitized, dematerialized, and democratizable. Yep, for sure. And there's one country that is going to do it better than any other country. Hmm. Canada? That's my, (laughs) (laughs) that's my, oh, say, can you? (laughs) Welcome, my favorite American citizen who wears a Canadian passport. Can I tell you something? You may, of course. For 33 years, 80% of our income has, well, since 93, so 29 years, 80% of our income has been U.S. dollars. And the exchange rate for those 29 years has been 26%. So every dollar that comes across, because 80% of our expenses are in Canadian dollars. Right. So we've had a 26% bonus on 80% of our income for 29 years. Nice. (laughs) Doesn't work the other way around, though. (laughs) It certainly doesn't. One of these podcasts will talk about the crypto world. Yeah, we will. We will. I'm diving into that on my Moonshot and Mindset podcast. I'm going into a series of conversations on what happened with Sam Bankman-Fried and FTX. It was funny. I had dinner with him in New York two months before the meltdown. He was there. It was at the Clinton Global Initiative, and we were sitting together and talking about longevity and exponential tech and all of that. He's in a t-shirt and shorts. Everybody else is in a suit and tie, right? That was his M.O., man has the world just toppled. And, you know, it's like when you see an exponential rise in a company value, maybe there's an exponential fall about to happen. Yeah. That's a different conversation. Yeah. Yeah. But it's interesting because it has happened before in other domains, this type of, you know, go right to the top. And some very powerful institutional investors got fooled on this. Yeah, very much So, so. Anyway, to be continued. I've got two rules. I don't invest in anything I don't understand, and I don't invest in anything that I can't have an impact on. Those are my two rules. Great rules. And I have to love the CEO and love what the company does Yeah, for me. Yeah. Take care, pal. Okay. Be well. Good.